Welcome to the excellent Exo Chat with Bill and Nora. Our podcast is meant to educate, inform, and discuss the ever-expanding topic of exotechnologies. If you are interested in exoskeletons, robots, or automated systems, you should listen to us. We will be discussing how these technologies impact you through chats with experts and users from around the world. So, podcast number four. We're just moving right along. Right? Right. I know. Yeah. Well, and I was listening to you, Nora, and I says, you know, we're going to talk to some experts and users. Uh, we're going to do that, right? We're, we are actually planning on doing that besides just you and I, even though this is fun, right? Absolutely. I'm thinking that the podcast after this, we should absolutely look at getting some experts or even some of our partners for our Exo Technology Center of Excellence on here and talking with... Uh, through our podcast, basically. Yeah, and I, I've talked to a couple people who are pretty excited about coming on. One of them is uh, Kevin uh, from the Army Public Health Center who wants to come on, and I think a number of other folks uh, are interested in doing that. So yeah, I, I, th- I, I want to uh, tease people. There's, there's going to be some people more than us that we're going to talk to here soon. And I know that Chris Reed uh, from the Boeing company, as well as on the ASTM board, is absolutely looking forward to his invitation. So I I think at some point here, Bill, we're going to have to get them on this podcast. Yeah. And, you know, to to that point, we have a lot of great people who are experts around the world on the exoskeleton and exosuit uh, committee, committee F-48 that you uh, manage. And so we're looking at talking to a lot of those folks and bringing them on and kind of, you know, hearing what they have on their minds and what their thoughts are and and what people should really be looking at. Absolutely. I agree. So what's on the docket for today, Bill? Well, I I think, you know, we're going to go down the road of what's the difference between a passive or active exoskeleton? You know, people throw those terms out, but what does that really mean? And, and, And how do you... How does it matter? You know, what does it matter to me as a as a user versus those two things? So Yeah, absolutely. And to be completely honest, not being an expert in the exo area, I never even knew that there was a difference. Um I always thought that an exoskeleton was something that you threw on and there was no type of actuator to it or batteries or service life. I had no idea that there were different type of exos out there in the industry. So absolutely an important topic to talk about today. Right. And you'll hear uh, other terms kind of bandied around like quasi-active, quasi-passive, all sorts of different ways. And even some people will uh, use terminology around uh, wearable versus using the term exoskeleton. They might say, oh, this is a uh, wearable robotic or some other term like that. And, and those things all have slightly different meanings to them. But as the technology is progressing, some of these things, again, you know, the distinctions between them are, are slightly nuanced. And so let's, let's talk about this. So what's, what's an active exoskeleton? When you hear that word, what do you think? Oh, man. So my original guess for this was uh, there was some sort of power source to an active exo. Right. And, and, and you know, if I talk to my, my science and techie friends, they'll say, hey, 
you know, there's a power source for a passive that it just happens to be you or it just happens to be a spring or a lever under your tension. What do you mean? You know, one's passive versus active. It's like, hey, I've got all these gears and levers and I've got all this potential energy built up over here in my passive exoskeleton. I've got just as much power as you. So what's the difference here? You know, and so and, and, and it's a good, you know, it's a good argument. But uh, what I see uh you know, to what you're saying is a lot of times when people say active exoskeleton or powered exoskeleton, they really mean that there's some sort of actuator on it, which is powered by a battery, electricity, right. or pneumatic, or something else that is kind of driving that forward. They're not talking about the ones that are using uh, elastic elements or springs or levers in different tension or even, you know, uh, different cams and leverage type things to to uh, give the extra push to the to the body. Yeah, I mean, when I'm sitting in these F48 meetings with our technical experts and they're bringing up active versus passive I just think to myself, active means that there's some sort of current going through it, whether from a battery or a power source or whatever that may be, um, which is just kind of how I've tagged it as someone that is not a technical expert, but being able to sit in on a meeting and understand the language and the context between members and individuals having conversations in this area. Um, you know, I think if if we're going to be using them, and I, I would think here in the future, we're going to see a lot more exo technologies out there. It's really important to be able to bring it down to a level that myself, who's a non-expert, can understand, you know, going into, I'm sure at some point we're going to be able to walk into the Home Depot and there's going to be a, an entire aisle filled with passive and active exos. And it's really important to be educated on what they mean and what you're putting on and how they're going to influence your work and your right. day today. Right. And, and you know, here's a, another important part about that. So people don't think about this uh, often is that, you know, if you're if you're working in an exo and say you have some sort of incident, you have you have an emergency, uh, mm -hmm. you you fall down, you say you have a heart attack, you know something like right. that, and then a firefighter or an EMT comes along and they need to get you out of that thing. Mm -hmm. uh, if it's a powered exoskeleton or a you passive, need to know. you need you need to know you need to know if hey if I can't figure out how to unbuckle this thing and I need to cut it off. Am I cutting into a battery? Mm -hmm. Am I cutting into a spring mechanism that is going to unspring and potentially cause some some damage? Right. You know, so there there is some real reasons to know this, and beyond just the regular, I need to know how this works, and I need to know how to maintain it. I need to know what it can and cannot do. There's there's also some safety issues with this that. Just like uh, hybrid vehicles or electric vehicles or any of those things, people need to know about that in, in certain safety situations. Right. So one of the resources that I, I like to use a lot um, when I'm trying to just get the general information about exotechnologies and exoskeletons and, and really the terminology that is being used is... Um, you know, Bobby Marinov has his exoskeleton report Correct. website. 
And let me tell you, the wealth of information that is on there, not only for the industry expert, but also for an individual like myself to be able to go there and utilize it to educate myself, just really important, um, especially again, like for Lyuna, their, their workers being able to understand um, what they're wearing and right. in instances where they have to get them off quickly or emergency situations, understanding to be able to communicate whether it's an active or a passive exo, um, if the medical team doesn't know. Really right. important. Right. And, you know, with all the exos, it, it's from a, a scientific engineering perspective, you're kind of you're storing up some potential energy mm-hmm. and re- you're releasing it as kinetic energy, whether that is. Uh, electrical like a battery that's hooked to an actuator that's going to push something or is it an elastic band of some kind that you're stretching and then it's unstretching releasing that kinetic energy to help you move or whatever it's very similar and what i was talking about a little bit earlier about the distinctions between the two kind of get blurry it's because people don't think about that oftentimes a lot of these exoskeletons, especially some of the newer ones, they also have sensors. So even if it's a banded exoskeleton, there may be a a sensor on there that has some battery power to it. But that battery power is really for the sensors, not actually Mm -hmm. to to move the person or do the main action of the exoskeleton. Right. So let me ask you a technical question here, Bill. In in your opinion, Bill Balot's opinion, what is the benefit of an active versus a passive? Um, why would you use one versus the other? Right. So it comes down to uh, several things. It's, it's not just one thing. You know, the, the simple answer is, and is that with a powered system or an active system, I have the ability to amplify the I'll say the strength or the activity of the person more because I am mm-hmm. using an electromechanical actuator to move something. So, uh, for example, if I wanted to, say, lift a 100-pound box with one hand, mm-hmm. I would probably need, with the way technology is right now, a powered exoskeleton right. with robotic components to help do that versus a passive one, which would... Help me be able to do that if I use correct ergonomics and use two hands and lifted mm-hmm. it correctly. Same amount of weight, but different capabilities there. So that's sort of the simple answer. The other yeah. answer is the application of it. If right. I have a passive, there are less typically, and, and I'm being very stereotypical here, typically it's a much slimmer form-fitting design. And then I could fit that under my clothing. I could fit that closer to my body. Whereas a passive, I mean, an active one, there tends to be more larger components on the body. And then I have to to adjust to that and have to take that into account when I'm wearing it. So okay, there yeah. is fit, is function. Right. It, it's also on, on what you need. You know, the, the other component of this is maintenance and logistics. If I have oh, a yes. if I have a passive one that's mainly a a suit slash banded, you know, it's gonna wear out at a certain rate. 
versus a, I'll say one that's powered one that's got batteries. I have to charge those batteries. Mm-hmm. I have to maintain those batteries. I have perhaps robotic components on there that have to be maintained. I, you know, I have yeah. a number of things that I need to do for that. And I have to store and clean those two things perhaps vastly differently. So absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I recall our conversation that we had with Corolla uh, from Bundeswehr yeah. um, and her talking about using exo technologies in environmental areas, Seaburn, um, right. and just being able not only to clean the exo, but in that case, a uh, decon. Right. I can't even imagine the decon process between a passive versus an active, the cleanability, the maintenance. I mean, I'm sure they're all similar, but depending on whether it's passive or active, it really takes a point as to how you're maintaining them and cleaning them and utilizing them. Um, wow, a lot goes into that. Yeah, but, you know, and here's here's another thing. So, you know, with the powered or active exoskeleton, there's also a lot of other things you can do with their that platform. So because mm-hmm. you do have a power component to this, there might be other things, whether it's tools, whether it's AR, VR, XR, mm-hmm. other things that you could power with that platform that could give you other capabilities. And so again, wow. depending on your application for this, different exoskeletons are gonna make good sense for you. You know, there's not a one size fit all and there's not one exoskeleton that's gonna work for everybody. You really need to look at your application Look at your people. You know, in Corolla's case, she's in a chem bio area, chemical biological defense type area, and they're looking at, uh, you know, the munitions left over from, you know, old world war wars, basically, and having to clean them up. And so they need yeah. to wear a protective suit over top of that exoskeleton. Well, now you have to take that into consideration of when you get the exoskeleton, will it fit under that suit? Right. Oh, and, yeah. So, you know, there, there's a lot of things that go into this. And so it, it's not a, oh, yeah, you should just get this kind of thing. You have to look at everything. It's, it's like any other situation in industry, construction, mm-hmm. medical area. You need to evaluate the situation. You need to evaluate the risk. You need to look at the benefit of doing these things. Yeah. No, I think that's really important. A lot of important points that you brought into this conversation today that I think will be helpful for individuals just to understand um, the difference between passive and active exos and also where they can go for reliable information on whether they have questions. Um, Right. So, yeah. You know, and I'll just end it, you know, being giving a very stereotypical kind (laughs) of answer is, you know, for a active exoskeleton, you're probably going to have to charge a battery. For right. a passive exoskeleton, there's no charging required. You're just going to have to maintain it. That's that's as, probably as simple as, as I can get with that. Thank you for listening to us today. Please share this podcast with your friends and join us next time.